Word for today, a ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. It is our prayer that the message from God's Holy Word would bring a new and deeper love for Jesus in your life. Well, welcome to Living Word Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Nathan Olson, and it's a blessing and a joy to come and to share God's Word with you today. Here at our church, we believe that every single time we open up the Bible, that something miraculous takes place. You see, this is not like any other book we find on a shelf. This is a holy, inspired, and errant word of God, true from cover to cover. And so because of that recognition and those convictions, we come with an expectancy today. We come with a hopefulness that as we sit underneath the almighty, transformative word of God, and hear its word proclaimed to our lives, that it will come and convict us of sin and point us to God's grace and mercy for us through Christ. That's my prayer for you today as a pastor. Would you join me as we seek the Lord uh, as we come to his word? Heavenly Father, we just bow before you now. We ask that as we take this time set apart from our week to meditate on your word and its promises, that you would come and uh, work miraculously in our hearts and lives, that you would speak to us. We ask, Lord, that you would minister through your word as you promised to do. I pray for my friends here that they would have open and receptive hearts to receive that word and trust in it by faith. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at our church right now, we are going through a series on Do Not Be Afraid. And it seems to be a very a fitting series topic for us to be going through during this time in our world. There are many things that our world tries to get us to be afraid of. Uh, people are afraid of maybe their 401ks or the economy, what's happening in the market. Uh, people are afraid of their jobs, maybe being lost or being downsized or furloughed. Uh, there's other people who are afraid for their health, maybe cancer or other sicknesses and diseases that uh, could come their way and are afraid of how all that will pan out. Uh, maybe they're afraid of dying. And the uncertainty of what's ahead. Uh, some people are afraid of their body image. Some people are afraid of if they'll be liked by friends. Uh, there's just umpteenth amount of things that people find to be afraid of. And our news media just propagates off that. News uh, regularly is profitable because it tells stories that people want to read that are fearful. Uh, regularly, we don't see... Uh, good news being put on the media news. We regularly see bad news or news that makes us afraid as it's uh, what draws attention and concern and makes you want to read more. Um, but we live in a world that is very centered toward fear. And it's interesting that as we come to God's word, God's word has an answer for that. Uh, over and over and over again throughout the Old and New Testament, God is coming to his people and he's reminding them not to be afraid, not to be frightened, not to be discouraged, because he's with them. His presence goes before them, that he is the sovereign and almighty God and king who's watching over his people and will faithfully deliver them. And so this summer we are looking at all the times that God says this and proclaims this promise. And today we are going to be looking at Joshua. Joshua. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and, and turn there. You'll, we're going to be looking at the very first chapter. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, 
Joshua. So sixth book in the Bible, right early on. And um, you may have heard about this man a, a few times. He's, he's kind of one of the more popular ones in the Old Testament. He was Moses' intern. And that, that meant that he kind of followed Moses along, helped Moses with what he was doing. He was kind of an aide or a sidekick, you could say. And over and over, you know, in, in the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses that he wrote, we hear about Joshua and kind of his uh, involvement with helping out with various activities. But now we see this intern, Joshua, in chapter one of, of the book, at the brink of the promised land. But we find him without Moses. And in fact, we learn that Joshua isn't the sidekick any longer, or the intern, or the aide, or whatever you would want to call it. We instead see in verse 1 that he's all alone. Moses had died. And now Joshua was the one who was going to uh, pick up the reins, so to speak, and lead the people forward. It says there in verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. We see here in these opening verses of the book that God was sending Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. And this is, this is no small thing. I mean, we're talking 1.5 to 2 million people here that all of a sudden, overnight, Joshua is the leader for. And there's a pretty big difference in being an intern and being the boss. Uh, those job descriptions look quite significantly different from one another. Responsibilities and the weight and the burden quite a bit different from each other. And... This is the call then that God has for Joshua. Joshua is taking on this new role and responsibility. He's leading the people into the promised land. Now, just for a little bit of biblical context here, if you remember, this wasn't Joshua's first time visiting the promised land. Uh, he was 19 years old, in fact, the last time he had entered, about 40 years earlier. And we hear about that in Numbers 14, the people of Israel had come out of Egypt, they had crossed the Red Sea, they had gone to Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments, and then they get to the Promised Land the first time. And Moses sends 12 men to go and spy out the land of Canaan. And two of those men, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a confident report to go forward. God is with us. This land is one that he has promised for his people. We will go forward confidently and trusting in the Lord to provide. But the other ten spies came back with unbelief, wavering, and no confidence that God would be able to provide for them. And so what happens is that the people of Israel listened to the ten spies who were louder and overshadowing Caleb and Joshua. And God says, all right. You don't, you don't think I'm able to lead you into the promised land? Well, your option then is just to keep wandering in this wilderness. And what happens is that the people end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years until every last part of that generation of unbelief had passed away. And so over the years, Joshua got to see firsthand how close of a relationship Moses had with God. He was about 
18 years old when he crossed the Red Sea on dry ground himself. He had seen Moses with the Lord in the tabernacle and, and the whole area being filled with the glory of God. He had seen God work miracles through Moses time and time again and provision for the people while they were wandering in the wilderness. He had seen Moses' intercession for the people and how there are many times where God just wanted to start over again with Moses, but Moses pleaded with God and said, let's, let's show mercy to the people. Let's be faithful to them. Well, you think about an internship to have. I mean, Moses would have been a great person to intern under. And here we find Joshua then, after 40 years of this wandering, and that whole generation had passed, and Joshua is next in line to lead his peers. Now, he's definitely not Moses. You know, he had interned under Moses, but they're very different kind of people. And now he has approximately 1.5 to 2 million Hebrews staring at him like, what's next? What are we supposed to be doing now? And it's, it's in this time that the Lord comes to Joshua and says, don't be afraid. Now, when you think about the time that you would need that the most, well, it's right now. You have a big responsibility in front of you, something you've never done. What an undertaking. You've only been an intern for crying out loud, and now you're supposed to lead all these people. But God comes and he assures Joshua. And in verse 3, this is God's promise. He says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And you stop and look at that, and that's quite a promise. No one's going to be able to stand before you all of your days, and all this land that's before you will be your inheritance. God is letting Joshua know that he's got his back. He's going to be providing for him. He's going to be leading him onward, and that Joshua doesn't need to be afraid. And everything that he's going forward and facing, God is going to provide a way. And God's assurance is pretty simple. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you. <laughs> be strong and courageous. I will be with you. And all of this kind of culminates with a promise there in verse 9, which you know well. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, hopefully, over the weeks, you're starting to catch a theme here as we look at these different do not be afraid moments in the lives of the people of God. And in most of these do not be afraid moments, God is promising something very significant to his people. He's promising them his presence. His presence. I am going to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. It's the same kind of thing that God promises here to Joshua. And interestingly, it's not a, I'll make all of your problems go away. That's not the God's promise directly to Joshua. I mean, Jericho was still there. And Joshua still had to cross the Jordan River and go to Jericho. But 
God does say that he will be with Joshua in whatever he will face. Uh, furthermore, as far as the Lord is concerned, that's all that Joshua needs. All that Joshua really needs in order to go forward in this very difficult task, this very difficult journey, and conquering this whole land is just the Lord being with him. He doesn't need to be frightened. He doesn't need to be discouraged. He doesn't need to be dismayed because all that he needs is there with him. And maybe you're, you're here this morning and you're tempted to scoff at that a little bit and think, how is that all that he needs? Yeah, don't you know the report? I mean, there's giants out there. There's fortresses. There's a whole bunch of people that want these Israelites dead. How, how is God's presence going with them going to do anything? These are evil people out there. Joshua, pastor, needs God to go and do something great. He needs God to come and solve all these problems and take them all away. But maybe we expect God to do something that he doesn't want to do. Ever thought, have you stopped and think about that for a second? Maybe God doesn't want to just swoop in and solve all the problems. Maybe God doesn't want to just make it all go away. And, and that might seem like a radical thought to some of you today, but I would just encourage you to stop and realize that the way that we think things should go may be different than how God thinks that they should go. That God's perception on what's the best is maybe different than our perception of what's the best. And just perhaps God in his wisdom knows that we maybe need something else. Truth be told, there are a lot of times in the Bible when God acts differently than we would expect. And I want to challenge you with that a little bit today as we think about Joshua and, and God's promise as he goes into this promised land. What would happen if God just solved everything? What as if, you know, there was no Jordan River to cross? What as if there was no Jericho to go up to or no giants or no evil people who were going to seek to destroy the Hebrews? What would happen if God just took all that away? Well, one of the things that would happen is that there wouldn't be any dependency on God. There wouldn't be any relationship with him, no faith, no trust that God was going to provide and protect them. Uh, God would just turn into a, uh, a large uh, vending machine or genie who just goes and does what we want. And all the hardships of life would be taken away. And for some of you who have parented kids before, you know what happens when we as parents just swoop in and take away all the problems from our kids. It actually is not helpful for them. It doesn't train them in anything or teach them anything. And in fact, it just kind of makes them lazy. It makes them kind of apathetic or dismissive toward things in life. And one of the things that we see, I believe, in, in Joshua getting this promise from God of his presence is that God is giving Joshua exactly what he needs. He's saying, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Yes, there's some hard things up ahead. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some challenges. There's going to be times when push comes to shove and you're up against a rock in a hard place and you don't know what to do except turn to me. And that, my friends, is I think exactly what God is wanting for the Israelites, for Joshua. 
for the people. That God is going to use the giants in Joshua's life, the hardships that he faces, for a better purpose. And I believe that better purpose is to work faith in the life of Joshua, of the Hebrews, and also for us. When you stop and just think about that for a second, what if a good life wasn't the best thing for you? What happens if a good and easygoing life journey wasn't actually a helpful thing for you? What if God stepping in solving all of Joshua's problems or ours maybe wasn't the best? I believe, friends, that God actually has something better in mind to save you from. He actually has something better in mind to save me from as well. He looks at lost sinners bent toward eternal destruction in hell. And that, my friends, is a much bigger deal. I want salvation from that. I am glad that God is coming and and using the hardships and struggles of my life to build a dependency and a faith in Him so that I'm ultimately saved from the much worse thing that is to come. Interestingly, we see God do this over and over. We see God develop faith and not just make life easy all of a sudden. Uh, When Jesus came and ministered in the New Testament, he didn't take away all of the Roman oppression, nor did he heal every single person who needed to be healed. Because maybe getting healed physically wasn't the biggest need. Maybe getting rid of the political enemies wasn't the biggest need. And that may surprise you a little bit to hear that. Maybe you're sitting here and thinking, well, why wouldn't Jesus heal everybody? I mean, this is God on earth here dwelling with us. Obviously, he he healed people. Why didn't he just heal everybody? Because God's purpose and goal for our lives isn't for them to necessarily be easy. Isn't necessarily for us to just walk through life with everything handed to us on a golden platter. His goal for our life is faith. His goal for us is the thing that we need most, being part of the kingdom of God, being an heir of a better inheritance, and being prepared for a reunited time with him. God gives that to us, friends, by promising his presence with us. That he's more concerned about the relationship, walking through life with us, than any of the uh, fine details of how it's going to be nice and dandy and Uh, easy for us. And so, just like God promises Joshua, he also promises his presence to you. Over and over, we see in the New Testament that God's promise to his disciples, God's promise to his church, was that he was going to be with them. And sometimes they still faced a lot of hardships. (laughs) There were a lot of early church Christians who faced persecution Uh, Ten of the disciples were martyred for their faith. They were killed, faced excruciating death for what they believed. Uh, Their lives were by no means easy. Uh, Paul talks about how many times he was whipped and flogged and left for dead and shipwrecked, etc. These men who were following after the Lord, giving their lives to serve him, didn't have easy lives. But what did they have? They had a life of faith. They had God's presence with them. They had a relationship with the Lord. 
And we see that God gives that same thing to Joshua here. God gives Joshua something tangible to remind him of his presence. God comes to Joshua and says, this is the thing that you need most. Me with you. A relationship here. That no matter what you go and face going forward, and how many ever people are following you, the thing that you need most is me. And in a very tangible way to remind him of this promise, God reminds Joshua of the word of God that had been entrusted to him. It says there in verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God's promise and assurance for Joshua is simple. It's Joshua, I'm with you. My word, my presence through my, my word given to you through Moses is going to guide and direct you wherever you go. And if you ever wonder if I'm with you, if you ever wonder what my, my will is, if you ever wonder about my faithfulness, just turn to the word, Joshua. Remember what I've said. Remember what I've promised. Remember what's been passed down. And, and interestingly, we have the same kind of assurance. We also have been promised God's presence, His Spirit with us that goes throughout all of life's challenges and hardships that we may face. And God comes to us and says, turn to my word. Remember my presence with you. Remember in a very physical and tangible way that I will never leave you or forsake you, that I have made promises to you, that I love you, and that my will is here to guide and direct you. And so even though we look at the story of Joshua and we see something that on the one hand is very different from our circumstances, we don't have you know, two million Hebrews following behind us. We've never interned under Moses. At the same time, our story is very similar. That we face a number of uncertainties and things in front of us that we're afraid of. Uh, things that maybe are very hard in our lives. And God doesn't look at them and take them all away. He doesn't come to us and say, well, your life is just going to be easy now. But what he does say is that the relationship that I have with you is more important than the hardships. It's more important than the pains or griefs that you may have because I'm ultimately working a, a, a relationship with you that you might live by faith and be saved from an ultimate thing. My hope and prayer for you as a pastor today is that you would be living a life of faith, that you would be trusting in God's promise to you, that you would see his presence with you day by day and walk closely with him, that you wouldn't see maybe deliverance from some of these small physical things that we face this side of eternity, but that you would see God delivering you ultimately to an eternity with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for my friends here today. I pray that you would remind us through the story of Joshua about your presence with us, God, and how you walk alongside of us and desire for us to be known by you. Oh, Lord, help us to walk closely with you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to God's Word for today. If you are impacted by the message you heard, please consider donating to the Ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church by visiting www.livingwordaflc.org.